What's up everybody and welcome to episode 2 of Econ Podcast. This week we're going to be talking about Newgrange, a site in Ireland that predates the pyramids and it predates Stonehenge in the UK. Um, if you want to contact me in regards to anything, then you can email me at econpodcast at gmail.com. So this week we're going to be talking about, as I said, Newgrange. We're going to also talk about a bit of the mythology or the old Irish stories. They're not a lot of them we're going into, but some of them. And just ones that come up about Newgrange. So first of all, I'll tell you about Newgrange. Newgrange is in a county called Maid, which borders Dublin. Um, it has a river that runs through it called the Boyne River. There's the area of Maid called the Boyne Valley. And in the Boyne Valley, you find some pretty old buildings and monuments and burial tombs. So this one, Newgrange, is there's in the local area of Newgrange that you'll find three tombs. Um, one is called Nout, one is called Doubt, and then you have Newgrange, which is the biggest of the three. So, it's like built in a big disc and it has a lot of designs on the outside of it. It's estimated to be built anywhere from 3200 BC to 3000 BC. It's only a few kilometres away from the Boyne River. Um, inside it, there's like a passage and then it comes to an opening which is round and... At the entrance to the passage, above where you walk through, there's an opening. It's all made of big giant stone, and there's an opening just above it. Like It's not a big opening, it's just a square. And on the winter solstice and the summer solstice, for 17 minutes, the sun aligns perfectly and lights it up. So... If you're standing inside, every year on the winter and summer solstice, you can enter, I don't know, it's like, for want of a better word, a competition, I suppose, to go and see the winter or summer solstice from inside the tomb. And when you go see it, I haven't been to see it, I've just seen the actual passage tomb, I haven't actually got to see the solstice. But for 17 minutes, the whole chamber and inside of it the sun just aligns perfectly in it which for how old it is is pretty crazy that they knew how to do that like no one's even sure what it's really for there's well we assume it's for very important people because that area known as Tara would be where the kings of kings and queens of Tara would sit and they would be kings of kings and we would call them high kings or in Irish the Ard Re. so if I refer to them as an to anyone as an Ard Re, it means that they were a high king and a very important person of that time although a high king may not have really had much of a say over what other kings of Ireland different areas would have done or 
laws or anything like that they would have just kind of been I suppose it'd be like the mafia where you have to go on but it's yeah so um, the total diameter of the disc we call it a disc but it's a town but like the disc is 340 feet from the entrance to the end of the chamber is 79 feet so to get the sun to align perfectly 79 feet over just a bunch of rocks not rocks but massive slabs really it's still unclear how they got in there i mean obviously they would have mostly traveled by water you'd say but how they got them then from the river to the site because they would have happened to go over hills and stuff that's a mystery it's kind of like how how was the pyramid built we don't really know how they moved them there probably was moving them along logs cut down and move a little bit move a log move a little bit move a log and so on um so as i was saying on the outside there's a lot of celtic looking designs there's like spirals and zigzag chevrons stuff like that um the roof itself was like grass on top so if you were to be looking from a distance it wouldn't really look like there was a big structure there and i suppose that was important for at back then there would have been a lot of well i don't know if there'd be a lot but there would have been some pillaging and stuff going on one of the famous hard rays who would have been around the area at the time was a king called Cormac MacArt. He reigned as high king in somewhere between the second and fourth century and he's one of the most famous high kings of the time mainly because there is actually some stuff written about him. So there was two stories to how he actually came to take the throne of Tara at the time. Uh, the first one says that he took it by force driving out the previous king Lewis and the other one says that at the age of 30 he arrived in Tara with the sword of his father and he came across a man consoling a woman and then he approached the man and he asked what was wrong with the woman and the woman had just said to him that the king Lewis had taken all her sheep because they had gotten into the queen's wold garden um, a wold is like it's a it's kind of closely related to the cabbage family it's say it kind of grows in like stems or shoots and it would be a green bottom and then a yellow flower on top so the woman's sheep had got into the queen's wild garden and had eaten all the wild so Cormac went to the king and he said that a more fitting punishment would be to shear all of the woman's sheep and then it's more fitting because just as their fleece would grow back the the queen's wild would also grow back and from this the king lewd had said oh well i'll just give up my throne because you're a more wise and fairer king Um, i don't know 
how true that would be. I, I can't see that happening, but hey, crazy times back then, I suppose. So just like in his life, the way there's conf- conflicting stories. Also, with regards to his death, there's conflicting stories. Like, um, one, well, what's written about his death is both stories say he choked on a salmon bone, but one story says that a druid placed a curse on him because he converted from being a pagan to being a Christian. But then there's other stories to say that he didn't want to be buried in Newgrange because he, he feels that all the other kings there um, worshipped idols, which is more of a Christian sort of a way because you're believing in one God, whereas the normal Celtic tradition would be to believe in different gods um, of like a, what, a god of the harvest a god of the sea, a god of this a god of that so that kind of doesn't really add up but apparently when his servants were bringing him to bury him at Newgrange, the Boyne River close by had swelled up three times, three different occasions to were trying to bury him so they eventually buried him on the other side of the river where it hadn't flooded so much and then there's other stories of the another group of people these people are called the Tuadana Tuadedana and they were fighting with the Forians so I'll go into them a little bit in a second but Cormac had a daughter Grania who was married to a man Dermot and they joined a battle between the Tuatana and the Forians. There was Dermot got killed, so the Tuat, we'll just call him the Tuat, they had moved Dermot's body to Newgrange for safekeeping. So, see, this is where we're going to kind of go into a bit of a mythology because. When you listen to this, I don't know how real this could be, but the two of the Dana were, um, this is Irish, it means the tribe of the gods. They're a race of people who supposedly were the first inhabitants of Ireland and they were there before the Celts and all the rest, but they also, there's also talk of them being around during the Celts times as well. There's other stories saying the Celts came and killed them all. So because Ireland is such an old place and it's been occupied for thousands of years, even recent, well, recent enough compared to how old people, how long people are living here, the written word even, there's not a lot written about that time because people didn't really write that time, it was more spoken, word spoken history. So this would kind of lend itself to why there's two different stories to pretty much everything. Because you'd get one person would start off in, I don't know, Dublin, and he'd hear of a legend, and he'd go down then to another part of Ireland, and he'd say that legend, but then obviously Chinese whispers kick in, so... Or people in that region might have been at war with the person they're talking about, so they change it to be a bad story about the person. So there's the two of Dana 
and the Forians. The Tuadana were the, the kind of good people, although there is wood as well of them being bad. And then the Forians were like portrayed as gods of destruction and said to have like the body, some of them to be different ones. I'll go more into them maybe in a different episode, but some of them would have the body of a man but with one arm and one leg, but then the head of a goat, which a lot of modern like movies, like Donnie Darko, I don't know who'd know that movie, but the main guy in that, the kind of creature, that actually comes from a different creature in Irish mythology called Ampuka which is a shapeshifter and it can be good, it can be bad. There's a lot of different stories about the puka being, it, it'd come and it'd knock on your door and if you go out, it'd, like, it'd be small and it'd pick you up on its shoulders and run around with you really fast and it could be a horse coming on your, at your door and you go out and you get on it because when you look at it, it just compels you to get on its back. And then again, run really fast, and you end up in a lot of briars. So, there's, yeah, that's probably a story for another episode. But the Tuadana are godlike, and they're supposed to be like the good gods, and then the Forians are the bad gods. So, if, say, there was a blight or a bad harvest, then that was them. Uh, but most of what is written about that would be from when they start writing stuff which would would have been around christianity coming to ireland and monks old irish monks but they take a story of the, the old myths and legends and they'd change it to be more more accepting of the christian ways i suppose or to fit the Christian way so how the Tuatana and the Forians fit in with Newgrange is some people used to believe the Newgrange could have been a portal to the underworld they called it which is where all the dead go and this is actually where Halloween comes from because it was believed that the 31st of October was the last day that people bad people from the underworld could walk earth so halloween was more of a celebration that these bad people can't be here anymore and it just again christianity changed today oh no it's about evil beings and evil people which kind of took away from the magic and mysterious island of ireland in a way you know because some of the places you go to in Ireland, it's like you can just feel that there's something mystical about it. But anyway, back to the actual building of Newgrange. Um, there's been a few things found in the main chamber or tomb of Newgrange. Some things found close to it. Like, to name a few things, there was the bones of three dogs. There was... 750 identifiable, unidentifiable bone fragments. Any human bone fragments they found were really small, small fragments. Like, I don't know what way they may have died or what happened to them as they went on. Uh, there was two gold torques. I think they're like 
kind of either bracelets or like earrings i'm not really sure there's a gold chain two gold rings actually 21 roman coins so maybe towards i don't know whether that would have been like one of the kings may have went to rome or met romans or the romans see the roman empire itself like caesar and all didn't come to ireland which makes the fact that there was roman coins a bit more weird like i think the furthest the romans went was england and then to a bit of scotland i did hear before that the at one point a roman leader had wrote down that he didn't want to go to ireland because the celts are crazy which does make sense because if you could imagine at the time of the romans if you're a roman warrior and obviously you come from rome in italy south of italy so it's really nice and hot and you have your tan and everyone you know is tanned and you have all this sophisticated arm you have this really nice sword and your plates of armor and you're all protected and you just have a certain march and a certain way to go into battle and then you arrive in ireland and it's wet it's cold it's miserable it's like full of bog and stuff and you're going to invade and next of all you look up on a hill and there's like i don't know 20 30 40 crazy celts with red hair it's they used lime to spike up their hair and they just ran at the enemy naked with like we had swords too but they weren't as i don't know well manufactured or whatever way you want to call it they were good swords like but they weren't as pristine i suppose as the romans would have been and with all your other equipment but now you see these crazy people with fiery red hair running down a hill naked at you like i wouldn't really want to hang around there either so yeah the fact that there was roman coins is a bit strange maybe some scouts or something came over and that was it but there was pendants and beads found at um, Newgrange as well which for any sort of burial site wouldn't have been that rare but there was also a chisel made out of bone so that would be really really old primitive tools which when Newgrange was built don't forget there's no steel involved in the tomb there's nothing it's just all stones it's not even like mortared or cement or any old form of it um it's just big stones placed on big stones and how they got them up i do not know i mean you could hazard a guess at how they got them to the site but how they got them in place i suppose i don't know maybe you could build mounds but there's no real record of that but there's no there's nothing to say that it's not that either so it probably could be that i suppose um they are actually still discovering more stuff around the area of the big main passage town like recently they found i think was 40 structures ranging from 
Neolithic homes up to Bronze Age burial sites. Um, Ireland in the Bronze Age was a really well-to-do country because one of the main ingredients or elements of making bronze is limestone or lime and Ireland is full of limestone. Um, and you have the old, really old, like even old castles, you see they're all lime washed because it was good for damp and moulds as it's still used today. Uh, so we had tons of that. So a lot of this stuff, the Celtic stuff that's found in Ireland is actually made of bronze because we were pretty rich with bronze. And that's why we were invaded by the Vikings and others, including, you know, England. But there's also records stating that we invaded England first. So, yeah, us in the Bronze Age, we were doing pretty well. As for Newgrange and the Pine Valley that Newgrange is located in, they're still doing works on that site and the surrounding areas. I'm sure scattered all across Ireland there's a lot of old, old, old stuff to be found. Um they call they've kinda of set up to the more tourist uh what would you call them? Tourists uh, tourist incentives I suppose where <coughs> they have on the west they call it the Wild Atlantic Way and you go up and it's all scenery that stretches from Cork up to Donegal um, I've done part of it it's really nice to drive around um, it takes you a while to drive around at all Ireland is a pretty small country you can pretty much if you really want to you can drive from north to south in like 5-6 hours maybe 7 it'll push to go from the very bottom to the very top and then east to west maybe 5 hours uh, but the east of the country, the initiative there is Ireland's H and East. So even in Dublin, there's a lot of old stuff that was found. You can see a lot of, it's more Viking. Dublin was set up as a Viking town. But yeah, that's also a story for another episode. So we do usually try to get an hour out of this, but since um just talking about Newgrange it's pretty much mostly all you can say about Newgrange except if you are coming to Ireland and going to Newgrange there's no public transport to it so you just have to rent a car um, and then even when you get to there's the Newgrange visitor centre so even when you get to that then you have to get like a special bus like I don't think it's expensive at all like think it's pretty cheap but that goes every 15 20 minutes or something like that and that brings you from the visitor center down to the town and then once you're there i think hold note are pretty much within walking distance depending on the weather really so you could make your way to them too but yeah if you are coming to ireland to see that don't rely on public transport because there is none there but if you are driving to it, there's a couple of castles and a couple of ruined churches and abbeys along the way. That they're also pretty interesting to look at. So yeah, it's it's good if you're coming over. Um pretty much that's it for this week's episode. Next week I'll probably go more into 
mythology or like ancient not ancient but old tales of some legends of Ireland and yeah so thanks for listening um if you want to contact me again it's econpodcast at gmail.com um so hopefully I'll get some listeners to this and some more next week and build from there otherwise it's just me talking to myself so thanks for tuning in